Hey everybody, this is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy meet Batman episode 40, The Joker Goes to School. It's been a while. Right? Yeah, it has, yeah, it has been. Because um, we, were, we were just talking about this, that we don't actually know when we recorded the last traditional Steve and Andy meet Batman episode. And, and if there's anything that our fans love... It's tradition. Oh, I know they're big. They're <laughs> they're big, big fans. Even when in in the nineties when the NWO invaded WCW, <laughs> and NWO was saying tradition bites. Our fans were saying no, no, it doesn't. It they, doesn't. They bite. they were saying tradition does not bite. Exactly, and they were wearing their WCW shirts very proudly. <laughs> I can just see Harry Comer with a WCW shirt on. I know, holding it, pointing at it, saying, tradition rules! <laughs> tradition for life. Yep. So, yeah, what's been up? I mean, I came to visit you, obviously, and, and that was yeah. chronicled in, in a two-part video bonanza. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it was also uh, turned into a film. It was called The Artist. So, uh... <laughs> I thought it was called The Hunger Games. <laughs> it was. Have the you artist, seen The Hunger the Games, artist, by the way? The Artist Part 2, The Hunger Games. No, no, I haven't. Have you? Yes, I did. So I went with my. Did it, did it make you hungry? I, well, no. I went to the Alamo where and I is ate it like a, pizza. a pie eating? Is it a pie eating contest? The movie. That's what. That's what I was expecting. I was slightly disappointed, honestly. What did you think of it? Um, it was all right. You know. Yeah. It was, uh, but here's the weird thing, and I want to run this by you to see if you think it's weird. I went, so I just went with some guys in in the lab that I work in. Yeah. And so it was me. One guy from my lab, another guy from my lab, and his wife. Okay. Was, was her name Katniss? Yeah, so, which was weird. And uh, she tried to shoot me with an arrow. Oh, my God. So we go, and the guy and his wife meet us there. And another guy drives me. And we get there five minutes into the movie. The guy who drove me leans over like, this better pick up soon. That's <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> And then 10 minutes in, he leans over. He's like, hey, I, I got to leave. I can't stay. He's like, I'm not feeling this movie. And he leaves. Oh and he God. was my ride. Yeah? How did he get home? I got I, the other guy and his wife drove me. Oh, okay. But was that, isn't that weird to go to movies, go to the movies with other people and leave? Yeah, especially when, like 10 minutes into it. Like, I know. He, he, was, he said he wasn't feeling it. I don't know. I don't... He said he was too hungry, you know? <laughs> he was like, too... I'm, I'm like, just... This movie's just making me hungry. I gotta go. Have you ever seen Battle Royal? It's a Japanese movie from... Yeah, it's a similar year. concept. It's right? the same thing, yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, the movie is not... I have seen Battle Royal. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Like, I wasn't like a... I saw, I guess, like a bootleg VHS of it before, you know, uh, and... Uh, and I thought it was all right. I didn't quite understand what the hype was about, but I did pick up the the Blu-ray collection, the four-disc Blu-ray collection, just to watch it again and see if I was missing something. Isn't the fourth disc sees. the Hunger Games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the fourth disc, I think, is like <laughs> special features and stuff. The um, it, the second, the the fourth disc, excuse me, it's Catching Fire, the, the sequel <laughs> to the Hunger Games. It's, it's already out yeah. if you just watch Battle Royale. It, yeah. Isn't the whole thing really based on Royal Rumble? Um, 94? Uh, no, no, actually 93, the one that Yokozuna wins, because <laughs> he's obviously very hungry. <laughs> I thought Katniss was more or less the Ric Flair figure. Oh, that would be 92, then. Oh, 92, that's what, that's my favorite Royal Rumble. That's the best Royal Rumble. Did wanna... you also ever think that it, it seems similar to the most dangerous game, isn't that Yeah, really? I mean, this this has sort of been played before, right, this sort of. Yeah. Uh, Running Man, I think, has a similar yeah, Running Man. concept. Was Richard Dawson in the movie? I wish. You know the Alamo where I saw it, the Alamo Draft House Theater in Austin. Yeah, Richard uh, Dawson's there. I, <laughs> he was sitting up front. They carted <laughs> him in. Uh, they showed, um, you know, before the movie, they show clips of similar movies or similar things okay. or something. And so they showed some Running Man clips with Richard Dawson, and the guy who left leans over and he goes, "Is that the guy from Family Feud? <laughs> Is that the guy from Ogan's Heroes?" 
The thing is, he thought it was Ray Combs. <laughs> That's what he meant. He thought it was Louis, whatever his name is. Louis Anderson. Oh, Louis Anderson was the worst host. I forgot he hosted it. Of Family Feud. You know what I think? You know that um, Strokes music video? It's got uh, the Strokes and Guided by Voices in it, and they're playing Family Feud. Yeah. That's like a really cool video, but the only problem is that it's like the Richard Kind version of Family Feud. (laughs) Couldn't they have like brought in Richard Dawson just for the music video? Couldn't they have brought in Ray Combs just for the music video? His corpse. (laughs) We need to do... I think it's official. We need to do a um, family feud retrospective. Yes. Yes. We talk about all the hosts, <laughs> how well they do. I'm sure it's still on. It is still on with... Um, Steve Harvey. I just made that up. Oh, he was hosting it at some point, wasn't he? Or Bernie Mac was... or something? I have no... I'm actually looking it up right now. Look up all the hosts. Maybe this episode will just turn into our... Okay. Are you ready? Okay. <clears throat> Ray Cohn. No, I'm sorry. Let's start with Richard Dawson. He, he was the original. From- there was no yes. version before him. No. Okay. No. Good. He hosted it from '76 to '85. What what a tenure that was. Right. He and was like the, the sh- dictator, the yes. Fidel Castro of of of, of the feud. <laughs> How, then, oh, wait, hold on. How many yeah. of our listeners really know what the Family Feud is? All of them. Okay, go on. <laughs> and then it was canceled. It and was canceled. It was- uh, that's what it looks like. And then it was brought back three years later in 1988. So then from 88 to 94, it was hosted by Ray Combs. And then, you know, Ray Combs did his thing, you know. Well, actually, it says Combs was fired, and then I guess he did his thing. Oh, I wonder what. I wonder why he was fired. Whipped his dog out on air. <laughs> he said, survey says this. And, whipped... and then it was, and then they brought back the DOS from 94 to 95. Whoa, really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, then, then they brought back the dolls, and it was canceled. Because he whipped his dong out on air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he called they brought... it the dolls? Yep. <laughs> the original dolls on screen. The Richard. And then they brought it back four years later. This what, time hosted by... What year by... is this? This is 99? This is now 99. Hosted by Louis Anderson. Oh, my God. And that's when it all tanked for me. And he hosted it from 99 to 02. Okay. And then Richard Karn... Hosted it from 02 to 06. And Richard Karn was is the guy from from uh, Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Okay, he was he was awful. I don't ever remember watching any with him. And then John O'Hurley, you know from Seinfeld. Yeah, Jay Peterman. From, yeah, from 06 to 2010. And now Steve Harvey, 2010 to present. <laughs> How long is that going to last? I don't know. Forever. <laughs> This is kind of 2010 to forever. <laughs> yep. He's going to try to beat Dawson's record. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it can be done. I don't either. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can tell you, during the ABC years, which I don't, they don't give a breakdown of what those years are. <laughs> the, the ABC years, there were 2,311 episodes. Holy cow. The syndicated years, which they do tell us is 77 to 85. There were 967. Wow. There were 17 ABC specials. It says CBS. It was on CBS for five seasons. The number of episodes on CBS? Unknown. (laughs) (laughs) No one cares enough about this show to to count the number of episodes. (laughs) Like, whatever. (laughs) Syndicated. It went back into syndication from 88 to 95, and it says number of episodes unknown because <laughs> there's some lost episodes out there mm-hmm. yeah. i'm pretty sure actually there was a there's an episode um where the cast of well that doesn't make sense does it i thought i remember oh. the cast of batman being on the show they're probably yeah we should look that up it was probably like the cast of batman against the cast of i don't know gilligan's island or something like that I think they would do they would do stuff like that, you know. But it's it doesn't. It probably was on in like '89 or something with uh, like the Batman movie coming out, you know. Oh, Batman versus Lost in Space, 1983. Oh, okay. Yvonne Craig. Okay. Angela Cartwright. Okay. I like. I'm looking at the IMD IMDb page. Okay. Oh my god, we have to watch this. There's no question. Yvonne Craig, Angela Cartwright, Richard Dawson, and I like he's credited as himself. Oh, of course. Um, okay, so here the the Batman crew: Yvonne Craig, Lee Merriweather, uh-huh. 
Vincent Price. Yes. Burt Ward and Adam West. What a team. We'll have to do we'll have to do that. We'll have to do that episode. I don't even want to know who wins. Excuse me. We'll have to do four different Batman I mean four different Batman, four different family feuds. That one, the Playboy Playmates episode. (laughs) The NBA players versus their mothers episode. (laughs) And WBF Superstars versus World Bodybuilding Federation Body Stars. All right, it's settled. This might be just a spin-off podcast at this point. Steve and Andy getting the feud. <laughs> Give them the feud. <laughs> Survey says Steve and Andy. Uh, all right. <laughs> Survey says Steve and Andy. There is a special, another special episode that will uh, be released after this episode, before the next, uh, the second part of the Joker series here. Um, I guess we, we, we won't reveal what it is. No. But it will probably confuse a lot of people. Oh, sorry about all the coughing. Um, guess who is the current announcer on The Family Feud? I'm making you think about it, okay? I'm thinking. Well, it's not Ray Combs. No, no. Cause can he, rule him out. Yeah, he's dead. I don't know. Uh, you could... I don't know if this is one of their songs or not. Excuse me. In fact, I don't think it is. I think it's someone else, but you kind of get the idea. Let's just say the person is larger than life. Oh, it's Yokozuna. (laughs) He's dead, too. It's uh, Joey Fatone from NSYNC. Whoa, really? Yeah. Is that one of their songs, Larger Than Life, or is that Backstreet Boys? We can say it's one of their songs, and and he is larger than life. Yeah. So it fits either way. Joey but his career has really gone downhill. I don't know. I mean, he's on TV every. If you ask me, that seems like it's better than uh, uh, just uh, Justin Timberlake. Didn't Joey Fatone turn down that role in a in no the social network? Attached. Yeah, <laughs> no strings attached. But he turned down the role of the the, the female. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Zuckerberg. And no strings attached. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg was supposed to be in No Strings Attached. It didn't mm-hmm. quite work. He was written out of the script. I love Joey Fatone's Wikipedia because it says contents. And then, you know, how it's got the little list of contents of everything. Yeah. One, early life and career. Two, dancing with the stars. <laughs> That's not even the best part. Three, total nonstop action wrestling. <laughs> was he really in that? I don't, know. I don't remember that. Hold on, let me look. Let's see what it, it says. It says he was not in TNA Wrestling. It says on October 18th, 2001, Fatone showed up at TNA's biggest annual pay-per-view event, TNA Bound for Glory, and co-hosted the live pre-show alongside Jeremy Borash. This was not the first time Fatone has been linked to TNA, as he has been spotted at the Universal Orlando, where TNA tapings, tapes their weekly program. But the thing is, he was just spotted at Universal Orlando. It is... <laughs> There's, like, lots of things going on there. Excuse me. Before becoming famous, Fatone appeared as a contestant on the Nickelodeon game show Nick Arcade. Oh, well, I I sense another spinoff. I know. However, However, Fatone and his partner on that episode did not proceed to the bonus round because of buzzing in and answering a question about Abraham Lincoln incorrectly. I want to know what that question was. As of 1992, who's the current president of the United States? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) I think he does stuff on Broadway. Probably. I I mean, and by that you mean Family Feud stuff. Yeah, yeah. Family family Feud live on Broadway. (laughs) All right. So the Joker goes to school. I have to say... From the title, what I thought this episode would be, I was slightly disappointed. <laughs> why? You, uh, maybe we'll talk about why. Okay. Are you ready to get into this week's episode? Yeah. I just hate it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> I gotta think about it for a second. So you got some info on this episode? Uh, yeah. The Joker Goes to School. The original air date was March 2nd, 1966. 
It was written Pretty by close to, to Pretty, where we yeah. are now, yeah. It's written by Lorenzo Simple Jr. It's directed by Mary Golden. Obviously, Cesar Romero is the Joker. Donna, Donna Lauren is Susie. And I don't know if you uh, checked out her Facebook page the other day. I put up Susie singing a cover of, uh, uh, <clears throat> I guess the most famous version is the Guess Who's version of Shaken All Over. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would it's say it's Susie's version, but Susie's version. That's the most. I was gonna say like the Who, they do it on uh, the live at the BBC album, which is really good. Uh huh. Iggy Pop does it on his Avenue Q album. No, not Avenue Q. That's the Broadway play. Avenue B, I think it's called. I don't remember. Um, his version is pretty good, but I think it's originally by like I can't remember the name of the group. It's a British group, but anyway, her she does it. But uh, she was on the show. Uh, She's on the show uh, Shindig. Mm-hmm. She was on the show Shindig, I guess. She hasn't been on the show Shindig in probably 45 years. Um, <laughs> is one of the dancers, and she would have a little segment where she would sing songs. And she also appeared in uh, the Beach Party films from uh, AIP in the 60s, you know, with uh, uh, Frankie and Annette and things like that. So there you go, Susie. Yeah. And also, <clears throat> cheerleader number dos, cheerleader number two. <laughs> Is Linda Harrison, who uh, is uh, Nova in the Planet of the Apes movies? You know the. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. What do you think so her her career took off. I I like to I like well, to yeah, think they well, saw her in this and then. Well, probably what happened was Fox President Richard Zanuck <laughs> saw her because uh, he married her. And that's, <laughs> no, that's oh, that's how. Okay. But you know, nothing wrong with that. Isn't that how uh, Burt Ward got the part of? Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he was married to uh, Richard uh, Richard Zanuck, president of Fox. Yeah. So we, <laughs> if Burt War is listening to this, he's going to be so pissed. I know he's like, I never married Richard Zanuck. Wait a minute, I married his dad. <laughs> I'm going to crack open a Steve Weiser here, okay? Uh-oh. If you hear it, <laughs> I don't know if you heard that or not. I did. <laughs> what is that? It's a, it's a Coke. Oh. It's not really Steve Wise. You ever like it's it's like still the morning. <laughs> I know, and I don't drink alcohol either, so that would have been weird too. It would have. I'm cracking open a Steve. <laughs> I decided to start and do it only in the morning. <laughs> so we open in Woodrow Roosevelt High School with the announcer telling us the very specific time of three o nine p.m. Do you think that in this Batman television series universe? There was a president of the United States named Woodrow, Woodrow Roosevelt. <laughs> I think what happened was the writers genuinely believed that there was a president named Woodrow Roosevelt. <laughs> That's what <laughs> on Nick Arcade. <laughs> That's what it was. Someone said, uh, like the question was, who was the 16th president of the United States? And Joey Fatone said Woodrow Roosevelt. <laughs> Um, the announcer says there's some normal, healthy activity going on. And by that, he means um, the men are doing sports and the women are cheering them on. That's what he yes. means. Some yeah. normal, gender role, healthy activity, 1960s. That, that is one white basketball team. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I love um, – we see some cheerleaders and some guys playing uh, b-ball. Uh, I, like, I love the sign above the gym. It says they're the hoops champs. <laughs> they don't play basketball in uh, in Gotham City. They play hoops. They play hoops. Yeah, and you're right. It is a it's a very white bread basketball yeah. team because okay, Gotham's a very white bread town. When's the last time been... you've seen a black person in That's Gotham? That's true. I wonder if it's been integrated at all. No. Oh no. Oh no. 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 That's a uh, that's South Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> East Gotham City. This has got. I mean, because where Dick and and Bruce live, this has got to yeah. be one of the best high schools in all of Gotham. That's true. You'd think that it would, and in the 60s, yeah, it makes sense. You'd think that he would be going to, like, a private school or something. It might be. I guess it, it, it might be a private school. I don't think so, though. Yeah, I don't think so. I would imagine that they're, like, their arch rivals, discotheque, <laughs> <laughs> might be a private school. I don't know. I like, um, I, I, I guess I didn't really notice the... You're right. The, the the basketball team is very white. I'm surprised they haven't uh, in hoop dreams where they get the guys um, mm-hmm. from the inner city in to play in these like white bread schools. Yeah, I'm surprised that this that Woodrow Roosevelt hasn't done that. Or maybe they have, but this is I like the white that, only. That's the sequel. Oops, dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, it takes place they... in Woodrow Roosevelt High School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It also didn't appear that they had a coach. It just seemed like it was them coaching themselves. This maybe this wasn't the actual team. This was just shooting hoops. This was just you know the the white only gym time. <laughs> it was like the intramural basketball league, where it's just guys getting together and playing playing some hoops. So there's a bunch of guys, yeah, playing hoops. Um, but we see Dick pumping some iron in in an all gray sweatsuit, and I'm one. I'm, I want to know why he's the only one wearing that. He yeah. looked like uh like uh Hans and Franz from Saturday Night Live in the late eighties. He also was. He's the, also like struggling to lift up like twenty pounds. You yeah, think that he, he could do better? He was looking weak. He was also the only one lifting weights, so I don't know what that was all about. He can't play basketball. He's too short to play basketball. And <laughs> Let me see. He's trying. He's trying to show off in front of uh, Susie and cheerleader number two. <laughs> we see the cheerleaders, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Pokemon at all, but I think they look a lot like Team Rocket with the big R. Oh, they had big R's on it. Yeah. <laughs> I know who Team Rocket. Yeah, I know who they are. Team Rocket. So they start their cheer. Um, well, first they, they looked at a sheet of paper and they said, "All right, you got it memorized." I was wondering if it was the words or it was the actual like choreography of the cheer. <laughs> like someone wrote it down for them. I don't know. I like to think that Joey Fatone choreographed that cheer though. And wrote it. And wrote it. Yeah. Uh, Dick is just gawking at them. I'm thinking, you know, he needs to play it cool. Yeah. He's it's you know, don't stare, you know, kinda of be maybe come up afterwards, say, uh, oh I saw you doing your cheer. But he, <laughs> he's just gawking at him. And when they finish he's like, Oh, that was a really good job. Um, well, the, 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 like when they're done cheering, like the basketball team starts cheering and like <laughs> cat calling him. And Robin just says that was a nice cheer. Did you write it yourself? He seemed more impressed with the the poetry of he, the Yeah, itself. that's a good point actually. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't interested in the cheerleaders at all. Did the cheerleaders? Did you notice how short their cheerleading skirts were? Oh yeah. Well, you know that was um. Who directed this episode? Uh, Murray Golden. That was him. He specifically requested <laughs> short like, skirts. It was I in the him, script. I only want them to be six inches long. They were really short. They were really, I'm, oh, six they inches were. is a stretch for those. Yeah. Um. So after a good cheer, you know, you get thirsty, and the cheerleaders, mm-hmm. of course, walk over to the milk machine. When, 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 you, when you've been working out and you've been sweating, there's nothing quite. <laughs> As refreshing as, as as a nice cold milk. <laughs> I know that's why there's a milk machine in the gym, which is very strange. But this is the before the days of childhood obesity and all the soda <laughs> products in school. So it was just all you could drink was milk. Couldn't they've grabbed like water or something? Like, no, no, it was just milk. Fountain. There was no water fountain. <laughs> <laughs> but you turned on a water fountain, milk came milk out. Came out. Um, so they, you know, they put some money in the machine, but instead of milk coming out, a bunch of silver dollars come out, and the gym goes nuts. Oh, I know, I know. Susie uh, looked like she had like a fistful of like six dollars. <laughs> Later, at Gordon's office, um, he says a strange and disturbing bonanza from a gimmick milk machine has taken place. <laughs> is this real? Is this really something the police should be worrying about? That's I mean, that's that's what I want to know. First of all. Why did the school call the police? Yeah. Why do they seem so upset about it? And they called the police. This got all the way to the top to Commissioner Gordon. Why don't they just call the company that makes the vending machine and say we have a faulty vending machine? And are are gimmick milk machines a big problem in Gotham? I don't know. I guess it is. I knew right away they knew it was the Joker, though. This sounds like something that Joker would do. Where did he get all these silver dollars from? (laughs) That's a good point. Um... This this is one of my favorite episodes because the the Joker's plan is a really long game type plan here. But we uh <laughs> I love how also Gordon calls it a disturbing bonanza. Like this he's he's not going to sleep tonight because well, it's what, what happened was he what, there was a new episode of Bonanza on last night and it was the one where Hoss sees leprechauns and Gordon felt that was very disturbing. That's, and that's what, actually what he's talking about. He's like, did you watch that disturbing Bonanza <laughs> last night? And also there's a gimmick milk machine in Woodrow Roosevelt High. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gordon, obviously, he says it smells like an opening gambit from the Joker. And I, and O'Hara actually very reasonably says, you know, how can we be sure? Um, because he wants to follow the letter of the law. We need evidence yeah. and so forth. But Gordon says, we can't wait to be sure. Exactly. So, of course, they call Batman. In Wayne Manor, we see someone who's maybe a city councilman or a concerned citizen uh, begging Bruce to run for mayor. Um, And for some reason... He wants Bruce to run on the platform of Keep Gotham Segregated. (laughs) For some reason, Aunt Harriet is there, and she... 
I don't know if you thought this, but she was so annoying. <laughs> she goes, oh, they've asked you every two years. You thought they'd get it through their head. You're not interested. And the guy's probably like, shut up, Aunt Harriet. Just let me, <laughs> let me do my... Why is she shut there? Up, why, why would he be like, hey, I want, to to, I want to talk to Bruce about um, running for mayor. Can you bring your old senile aunt along to sit in on the meeting. Actually, it's like with his aunt. It's <laughs> so aunt. weird about it, yeah. Um, so Bruce, of course, says he can't run for mayor, but the, the councilman presses, he said, you're the, you're the mayor that Gotham needs. Um, the snarl of traffic, power failures, um, a mild water shortage, jaywalking. Uh, I, 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 I like egg, how he... Egg taxes. Egg taxes. I like how he fails to mention... You know, all the supervillains are terrorizing Gotham. The rampant crime. <laughs> he just is, the worst things for him, he's like, we gotta fix this traffic problem. It is, it's getting bad. Yep. And um, you know what? What's that? Steve Lombard, he would just like start moving all the cars out of parking lots and letting them park there <laughs> or drive through that. Just then Alfred walks in and whispers not so quietly to Bruce. I'm thinking everyone's gonna hear this. <laughs> that Gordon is on the line. The bat phone has been ringing. Uh, Bruce tells a man he'll ponder the offer and get back to him tomorrow. Harriet, again, very annoyingly says, what's he got to ponder? Uh, and then the guy said, if it's not Bruce, I'm going to Joey Fatone and ask him. <laughs> um, Bruce gets on the bat phone. And this is probably my favorite part of this episode because... So here's what, you know, gimmick milk machine, silver dollars. It's not really a big threat, but yeah. Gordon... It's right now, it's not even a crime, is it? That's that's true. I'm, I, I mean, it's a gimmick milk machine. That can't be a big crime. Maybe it is in Gotham. But I love what Gordon says here. He says, he tells Bruce, who, by the way, you know, Bruce has dick in this school. All he says to Bruce is... Prepare yourself for a blow. Someone has struck at Roosevelt High, and we think it's the Joker. So the way he phrased that, to me, made it sound like maybe a bomb went off. People are yep. dead. Prepare yourself yep. for a blow. Bruce must be thinking, like, oh, my God, Dick is dead. Like, Or he completely forgot about Dick. <laughs> it's, it's a, and it turns out it was a gimmick milk, like, a gimmick milk machine. We know originally in The Dark Knight that's what's going to be... <laughs> The Joker's big crime was installing gimmick vending machines everywhere. And then someone came up to Chris Rowland and said, you know, the Batman TV show already did it. He's like, oh, God damn it. And he, you know, they did the movie that we actually saw. But originally it was just going to be. Then their second one was the um, Trick Parasols. Yeah, yeah. But someone said it's already been done. And he was like, oh, man. What hasn't been done? Exactly. That's, I mean, most of the things that he comes up with have already been done on the Batman TV show. So he has to think of newer things. So. <laughs> Um, so for, unfortunate, really. So Bruce, it turns out his bad, his Batman movies were he originally wanted to do very light, campy ones, not, not, the, not the gritty ones that we get. Uh, so Bruce, uh, who can only assume that something horrible, horrible, horrific, violent has happened to the school, takes off down <laughs> down to the Batcave um, and heads for Gordon's office. Um, interestingly. You know, we don't see a Gotham City 14 miles sign in this episode. I wonder. I'm wondering if the budget of Jim Beard has ran out. Yeah, yeah I think maybe. So. I think so. Maybe those beard, the beard coffers, have been depleted. Yep. Yeah, yeah you can afford to put in an, uh, in, in an ad in this episode. You know who I would like to see as the next host of the Family Feud? Jim Beard. The answer is obvious. It's Jim Beard. Yes. Yep. Later at police headquarters, Batman's looking over some documents. It turns out uh, the Joker was released from jail a week ago. Didn't he try to break out of jail last time we saw him? Why are they yeah, that only him? That only gets you like two weeks. <laughs> and immediately... These, these guys for the, the, the petty crimes that they do <laughs> only get go to jail for like a week or two. You know, they only but we get, see like... later what they really crack down on. I don't know if you remember... Um, so the Joker was released from jail about a week ago. He immediately bought control of the Armed Bandit Novelty Company. I guess this is just a company. It's a very niche market. They just make gimmick milk machines. He's got quite, I mean, the Joker, why, why even bother doing crime? He bought his own private company. He's filling up milk machines with silver dollars. I know, he seems to be loaded. He is. <laughs> That's all that baseball betting in jail. Oh, I know, he's a huge gambler 
He loves game. He's the Pete Rose of uh, of the Batman TV <laughs> universe. So O'Hara says, uh, you know, this company, they make things... He's not know. allowed to go into the Baseball Hall of Fame because of that very reason. <laughs> O'Hara said this company makes uh, things like gumball machines, you know, pinballs, pinball machines, just harmless junk, and Batman snaps at him. He says there's he really nothing does. harmless about the Joker. He's pissed. I've, uh, I've come to notice that almost every episode, there's one instance where Batman pretty much yells at O'Hara. <laughs> we should start a running tally of that. Because that's a good point. And there's some, at least if Batman doesn't do it, somebody's yelling at O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. And most of them O'Hara's right. I mean. I think secretly O'Hara actually knows what's going on, but he dumbs himself down for the rest of the, of the, the police I think it's because he's really. lazy and he doesn't actually want to do anything. <laughs> um, I, I love O'Hara then says he wants to know why someone would gimmick a poor, innocent machine. I guess he's a big fan of milk. He says, in the devil's name, why? Why would someone he's, he's do that? A, he's a big fan of machines. <laughs> he's waiting for the day that the Terminator come, becomes true and, <laughs> and Skynet takes over and enslaves humanity. Just then the phone rings. It's the principal of Roosevelt High um, named Mr. Schoolfield. The writers are getting very creative at this point. <laughs> oh, what's a principal going to be? Oh, Mr. Schoolfield. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he tells him that a snack machine in the library is get it, giving out negotiable stocks and bonds instead of candy. Um, he says and it's that, ruining student morale. Yeah, yeah. Why is this destroying student morale? Uh, they kind of explain it, I guess. He's, um, I, but I, I don't understand why this would cause it, though. This is like, I think this is uh, all the Occupy Wall Street people watched this episode and then thought we got to do something about the banking system. Maybe. Just then Batman gets on the line. He asks Schoolfield who the president of the student council is. I like how the principal doesn't seem surprised at all that all of a sudden he's talking to Batman. Because <laughs> he didn't know Batman was in the room. Um, he tells Batman that it's a boy named Richard Grayson, a fine lad. Uh, Batman tells the principal to call a meeting with the student council and he'll be on his way. He rushes off. Now, do, do you think Bats actually didn't know Dick was the student council president? <laughs> I don't think so. So do you think, like, he's told him, like, hey, Bruce, guess what? I'm the new student council he's president. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. I don't have time for this. I'm thinking about whether or not I should run for mayor. <laughs> he's he's watching Dancing with the Stars. Yep. He's like, Joey Fatone is on. I don't have time for this right now, Dick. <laughs> um, later so at the principal's office. So he tells Alfred about it. And Alfred knows all about it. Alfred's Alfred helped him with his campaign slogan. What was it? Uh, Dick. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't very good, but it was effective. Yeah. Uh, later at the principal's office, Robin's there with the student council of the prototypical nerd, a jock, and the cheerleader, Susie. Uh, they're wondering what the point of studying is if you can get money from a milk machine and negotiable stocks and bonds from a snack machine. Of course, Dick is very disappointed. I think this is a commentary on socialism. Mm-hmm. Dick says, hey, you, it's, that's not how life works. You can't just get stuff for free. Of course, Dick is the ward of a millionaire playboy. Well, that's the thing. It's like <clears throat> Dick and Bruce got everything for free. <laughs> Bruce inherited his family's money. And Dick got all of this money. And it's not even from his trapeze even, fortune. I was going to say, it's not even, no, I was going to say, it's not even like family money. It's someone else's family's <laughs> money that he's getting. Dick, he's so more he of the Rick Santorum of of uh, Gotham, I would say. Yeah. And Batman is maybe the Mitt Romney. I think yeah, we see a bit of that later. More. And, and, uh, and Commissioner Gordon is more of the, the Ron Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he has anti-Semitic and, uh, and, and racist newsletters that he produces. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about the, um, the, uh, the upcoming race war that's going to happen. That's why it's still segregated in Gotham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just then, the cheerleader decides to put some money in Mr. Schoolfield's coffee machine. I like how he has his own personal coffee vending machine in his office. Well, and uh, instead the principal of, of, of Woodrow Roosevelt wields power. He, oh, oh yes, he's in. He's he's in the system, obviously, because he's got a he's got a direct line to Gordon. He's got a direct line to Batman himself. <laughs> A bunch of, but instead of coffee, a bunch of quarters come out, and the other students are stoked. But Dick, who's always the buzzkill, tells him to lighten up. Life isn't that easy. 
Except life. for him. <laughs> Except for him, obviously. Um, just then Batman rolls up. He parks in a handicap spot, it appears. <laughs> He's immediately mobbed by a bunch of the high schoolers. He tells them to... He's not really mobbed. They're just like, hey, there's Batman, and they're like 20 feet away. And but he pulls he... out a bullhorn and <laughs> says, stay back. That's a good it's point. like they only have diseases or something. Like, he doesn't want them he around He hates them. high school. Well, he doesn't want mono or He's anything like Ellie like Mandel. <laughs> so, Batman, he, he kind of walks casually inside the high school. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, across town in a fashionable little bistro, we see a drunkard stumbling around. He puts some money in a jukebox. But instead of sweet, sweet music, we hear the voice of the Joker, which is also very sweet. Yes. Uh, the Joker said it's a stick-up. A gun pops out of the machine. <laughs> a couple of goons walk in um, and take the money and run out. And I can only assume that those goons were just waiting outside with the pantyhose masks. Waiting for days. Waiting for some... Like, okay, that machine is really not a big celery. Someone is eventually going to use that machine. <laughs> um, you know you're in for trouble when you buy... A jukebox from the Bandit. What is it? The one armed bandit. The one armed bandit company. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the principal's office, Batman says this is a deceptive criminal plan by the Joker. Uh, the Jock says, "What's his angle?" And this is my favorite villain plan to date because it is a long game. <laughs> Batman says it's to lure the students into a pattern of easy living <laughs> and eventually they'll quit school, become dropouts and they'll have no other recourse than to become criminals. This I mean he's trying to change the social fabric of Gotham one really is, machine at a time. <laughs> but the thing is that's not really his plan because in part 2 we see his real plan. <laughs> I know. I don't understand why he had to lay this groundwork though. <laughs> this really could have been a one-parter. <laughs> Because his ultimate plan has nothing to do with his other part. I guess he's, like, getting it in their minds that you never know what might come out of these vending machines. <laughs> but there's really... I mean, all you had to do was put in that one... And, I mean, his plan is so ridiculous anyway. But all you really had to do was put in the one vending machine and put that one particular item that he wanted in it to begin <laughs> with for these guys to get. And then take the picture. No. No. He. I think he... He, he wants to lay some groundwork, like you said. It's just... Uh... Of course, it doesn't make sense, but when when does the show ever really make Couldn't sense? Couldn't you just send it to him in the mail or something? <laughs> well, what's he going to do with his one-armed bandit vending machine company? Not though? buy it? Save some money? <laughs> um, Batman brought along a projector, of course, and... and uh, Where did he keep that projector? <laughs> his cape. And the slides. I like when, uh, after this dick runs the slides out, there. Yeah. you forgot your slides, Batman. Um, Batman, you know, he, he busts out a slideshow. These kids are going to learn something today. He shows the kids an image of the Joker. And apparently the Joker is six foot six inches tall. He's really tall. I don't think that's true. No. Uh, that Caesar was Monroe, season... I think, is actually like 6'2 or 6'3. Yeah. So he's still tall. But not uh, Batman tells them, don't be deceived by the grin. Honestly, I wouldn't have been deceived by that grin because he looks pretty creepy. Um, Robin that he had 50 outrageous outfits. <laughs> yeah, Robin calls him a... Oh, Dick, I guess, calls him a master of makeup. But that's the only makeup he ever wears. Yeah, I know. But you know what? He, he, it is covering his mustache, and it That's conceals what... it pretty well, so that is kind of... Um, Batman then tells the kids, look closely at the projector. The uh, flower on the Joker's jacket sometimes spits water or powder or even knockout gas. Just then, some gas comes out of the projector. Um, Robin hits the lights. The Joker was behind the projector the whole time. How did he get there? I know. How long is he waiting there? <laughs> He's been waiting there for days again. Is he the principal? He... He is a master of disguise. God, he has 50 outrageous outfits. Principal Schoolfield is one of those outrageous he outfits. He is pretty outrageous. Uh, the Joker then says, hello, kitties, meet the Joker. And that's when that's when that guy created hello, kitty. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Batman says, what are you doing here? The Joker tells him he's just passing by. And <laughs> Batman says, to do what? Gimmick another innocent machine. <laughs> uh, the Joker says, can you prove it? I think that's a good point. But Batman decides to arrest them anyway on the charge of loitering, which apparently is a $5,000 fine and five, five years. years in prison. You break out of jail, two weeks. You you loiter. Five years. Well, isn't that like one of those like race laws sort of thing? That's what it was. Like that they would have in the South, like yes. post-Civil War and to the through the 50s where... 
was like these like minor laws that they somehow could get African Americans in for and put them away for a long time. That's absolutely what it was. And it was in who do you think passed that law down? Uh, Gordon. One Commissioner Gordon. Yes. Um, the Joker corrects him though. In order to commit the crime of loitering, you have to stay in the same spot for over two minutes. Batman is pissed. He calls the Joker a jailhouse lawyer. Dick says he's outwitting us. <laughs> Batman hates lawyers, and and he hates the liberal court system. He's like in the he's like Charles Bronson in those Charles Bronson movies. <laughs> Always complaining about the liberal court system. The liberal judge is letting off murderers. <laughs> just then, the Joker leaves just in time for the two minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a little stopwatch that goes off every two minutes he like, says remember I was here uh, Batman says uh, he was trying to establish an alibi outside the bat uh, outside in the Batmobile the phone rings Batman rushes out it's Gordon on the line he tells Batman about the gimmick jukebox um, Batman says it wasn't the Joker he has an alibi and Gordon says maybe we can break it does that yeah. mean we can make that alibi go away? Dis disappear, yeah. That's absolutely what it means, but Batman says, I am that alibi. Oh, damn, that's what Gordon is Cornered. Thinking. Yeah, that's what Gordon is thinking. The perfect plan. Um, just then, like you said, Dick rushes out, uh, tells the Batman he forgot his Joker slides. <laughs> he, there, were, there were 52 slides in there, one for each of his outrageous outfits, and then two other ones. Two personal ones. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, out, out of outrageous outfits <laughs> Batman uh, whispers to Dick to meet him back in the Batcave before he leaves Batman instructs the kids to get back to their studies because quote nothing in life is free and this was said by the millionaire heir playboy yeah who has never actually worked a day in his life he, he truly is like the Mitt Romney of Gotham yeah. he was making $10,000 bets with Principal Schofield while he was in there <laughs> What else did he say? He's a. I I do a few speaking engagements. I don't. I make very little money on that. He makes two million dollars on speaking exactly. engagements. Yeah. In the Gotham City universe, um, it's not called the Warren Buffett rule. It's, it's called, called the Jimmy Buffett rule. <laughs> that's what that's what Obama means when he's talking about the Buffett rule, right? Yeah, he's yeah, like Jimmy free Buffett. free margaritas, exactly, <laughs> and free cheeseburgers. <laughs> Obama is a huge parrot head. Isn't yes. that what they call him? Parrot. Yeah, his his favorite restaurant is Cheeseburgers in Paradise. <laughs> I thought it was Margaritaville. That they're both owned by him, I think. So they're oh, they're owned by Obama. You mean? Yes. It's part of his agenda. Yep. <laughs> to get margaritas in the hands of children. <laughs> Gimmick margaritas. Yep. <clears throat> Gimmick cheeseburgers. <laughs> Um, so Batman races off to investigate the bistro later behind an innocent candy store. Because, you know, there are so many guilty candy stores out there. They had to point out that it's an innocent candy store. The thing is, is this place really an innocent candy store? Because later, um, they kind of make reference to this particular candy store as being a not-so-innocent candy store in the second episode. That's right. So a little bit misleading in this episode. Um, yeah. But behind the candy store, we see a gimmick machine factory. The Joker's there with his new gang, the Bad Pennies. And they're yeah. uh, they're all high school dropouts. Yeah, yeah. So don't become a high school but dropout. You, but you know what? They're, they're, they're pretty they're pretty uh, man mechanically sound though. Yeah, they are. I think they have skills. I mean, yeah. you don't have to finish high school to be a Ex bad especially at, especially at that time. I'm sure a lot of guys that worked in like say factories or uh, were auto mechanics stuff didn't necessarily finish high school. And these guys seemed like I said pretty mechanically sound. They were the ones that were gimmicking his uh, vending machines. Yeah, illegally gimmicking them. That's the problem. Well, that's true. But I'm sure they could they could uh, make a a sound vending machine if they so wanted. <laughs> I mean, is it really hard to gimmick a milk machine? You just replace the milk with some silver, silver dollars. dollars. I mean, that's not really. Some of them though were slightly more complex. I'll give you that. <laughs> um. So they're counting the money from the bistro robbery. Of course, the Joker was behind it. The Joker tells them it's peanuts. He's got bigger plans. Just then, one of his goons shows the Joker a new machine. It's like this novelty bowling machine, and it emits knockout gas when you only when you get a strike, though, right? The third time, it the third strike on the third strike, it's yeah. Very difficult to do. Yeah. And also, that would be turkey. Yeah. Uh, just then, the cheerleader Susie walks in from the high school. 
But when, but when, but like when she knocked or whatever, came through the door, one of his goons grabbed a shotgun and like held it up. Because the way to get into the gimmick vending machine is to use a gumball machine in the candy store. People must be using that all the time, and I can only assume they just when shoot them around. when they come in. I guess so. Um, so she walks in. She's in with the Joker. She brought some important documents for the Joker, uh, but let's, she demands payments first. Yeah. Because let's just say the Joker loves them barely legal. Oh, I know. I was thinking that was because he was like weirdly hitting on her. She's probably seventeen at most. Yeah, it was a different time. It was <laughs> the, Joker. the Joker, and the, and the Joker in the in the television series is probably like fifty seven. <laughs> it's that mustache, that painted over mustache, mustache. that attracts all the ladies. Yeah. Um, so she demands payment. The Joker gives her some lavish gifts, a giant quart of perfume, which is disgusting. (laughs) Which is, it's kind of weird. I thought it was too. I didn't get the joke. Um, she says, I'm sorry I sassed you. Uh, the Joker then grabs the document. It's the key And and the the Joker thought that she sassafrassed him, whatever that means. (laughs) This document's the key to his plan. What is it? Exam papers. Exactly. He's scamming the SATs. I don't know how she got the exam papers. Well, she said she's the the head cheerleader. She can get anything she wants, i.e. she's sleeping with Mr. Schoolfield. Exactly. I mean, you've seen Saved by the Bell. You know how Mm -hmm. it works. Yep. Zach was sleeping with Mr. Belding. Belding, yeah. (laughs) That's how he got everything. Uh, meanwhile, in the Batcave, Robin is doing some algebra homework in full costume, mask, and all. That's <laughs> how he always does homework. That's how I do homework. Oh, I do. Uh, he can't figure it out. Of course, Alfred helps him. But don't you do homework dressed as Alfred, though? That's true. And my little uh, Starbucks apron. uniform that yeah. Alfred has. Uh, Alfred is forced to wear <laughs> that ridiculous green apron. Um. Robin mentions that nationwide pre-college exams are coming up in three days. He's he's studying hard and he's failing miserably because he can't even yeah. do a simple algebra problem. Yeah, it's not it's not looking good for Robin. Uh, just then, Batman gets it's back. Good, it's a good thing that he's the ward of, of a millionaire. <laughs> just then, Batman arrives back in the Batcave. He hasn't figured out anything. No evidence from the bistro. He says, "We know." It's the Joker. We need evidence. Uh, Robin says in about a month, there'll be dropouts by the bushel. Um, Batman says he thinks he knows the Joker's plan. (laughs) Robin says, well, what is it? And Batman says, I think it involves gimmick machines and the Woodrow Roosevelt High School. He's just saying what has already happened. That's not the plan. Well, that's because Batman didn't expect Robin to ask him, well, what's the plan then? (laughs) He's like, all right, let's Yeah, a little bit of a curveball there for yeah. uh, the dark knight uh robin then says well why don't we stake out the school so they race off later in the principal's office we see the cheerleader Susie gimmicking the coffee machine <laughs> batman and robin pull up outside of course she immediately calls the joker uh she tells him batman and uh robin are there he says do exactly as i say um, I, I liked uh, the joker and Susie's like uh, code words that they say to each other yeah, what what was it? I, Susie's was uh, <clears throat> uh, how do you get a dog to stop barking in July? And the Joker's response was, "You shoot him in June." <laughs> I thought it was it's a little bit dark, but okay. Um, outside, Batman and Robin set up some recording device. Uh, they run inside. Uh, they see, but you know, it's jokes like that. Yes, that got him into the the comedian Hall of Fame. That really. was that was that was the joke, in fact. Yeah, because they were like the people that vote on it were sitting around thinking like, oh, I don't know, Joker, he's kind of iffy. And someone said, what about his dog barking joke? What about his dead dog series of someone jokes? Said, That's a good one. That's a good one. It's like the Joker is the Jeff Foxworthy of dead dog jokes. Yes, yes. You might be a dead dog if I shot you in June. That was the worst <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> I thought I was talking to Jeff Foxworthy there for a minute. He's show actually was... sitting here with me. I thought this show was going to be called Jeff and Andy Meet Batman. <laughs> I would watch that. Or listen to it. I'd watch it, too. I would watch it. I probably wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't want to look at Jeff Foxworthy for more than maybe five minutes. Well, each episode would be four minutes and 59 seconds. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So Batman and Robin rush inside the the school. They see Susie. That's <laughs> um, how the Joker got the money to, to buy the, the one-armed bandit novelty company. And filling, on, um, filling up the vending machines with uh, silver dollars is his, his line of dead dog joke books. <laughs> They're very, very popular. He's a comedy genius because people in Gotham hate dogs. 
Exactly. And isn't he part of the original Kings of Comedy comedy lineup? <laughs> I thought he was a part of the original Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Larry the it's... Cable Guy, Jeff mm-hmm. Foxworthy, The Joker. The Joker, and, and uh, the, the, the most depressed man in Gotham City. <laughs> I can't remember his name. I forget it too. That that was. It feels like so long ago. The Christmas episode. But that's who it is. It's the fort. <laughs> um, let's see. So yeah, they rush inside. They see Susie, and it's at night. They don't question why she's there, but she says no. she's seen a suspicious character in the gym and easily fooled Batman and Robin race off. They see the milk machine. Batman says it. This might be tricky. Get out your battering. I'll slip it a dime. It sounded dirty. I didn't know if that was supposed to be some sort of it did sound like, dirty. Penis reference. So get out, get out your battering. I'll slip it a dime. Just then, two chains come out of the milk machine and wrap up Batman and Robin's legs. Some gas knocks them out. The Joker rushes in. Before the gas Batman came out, did you see? Did, did, before the gas came out, did you notice that Robin was trying to cut the chains with his battering? <laughs> it didn't quite work, Robin. Um, so the Joker takes him away later in the back of a novelty truck. Batman and Robin are hooked up to some electric chairs. The Joker tells them that they're hooked up to a slot machine. If it's three lemons, they'll be shocked to death. Uh, Batman then tries to get out of it by saying he doesn't approve of gambling. I I, I wish that would have worked. Like the Joker. Hey, Joker. Oh, okay. All right. I can't go against your moral fiber. Oh, Batman's a Mormon, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's, it's becomes very very clear in this yeah. uh, in this series that. He's definitely a Mormon. Yeah. Um, Dick Grayson is like the Jimmer for Dad. Or what was that kid's name that played for BYU? Steve Young. <laughs> no, the basketball player from a couple years ago. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. Jimmer something. That white guy. Yeah. That played for BYU. <laughs> exactly. I was reading something like, um, it's BYU is like ninety nine percent white. Mm-hmm. It's like Gordon's. Paradise. I was going to say, Gordon would say that's 99% right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, Batman says he doesn't prove of gambling. So yes, we see one lemon, two lemons. And keep then in mind, if there's a, a third lemon... I couldn't believe that they left us on a cliffhanger. I, I thought there was going to be a third lemon and they'd be shocked to death and that would be the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was too. I was like, well, that's scene of the, that scene of the series, I guess. So that's it, the end of the episode. Um, yes, a very dramatic cliffhanger, but... I think everyone can probably figure out what that third one is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, again, I was slightly dis- disappointed. I thought this would be like that episode of Happy Days where um, the Fonz goes back to high school. I thought the Joker would just try to go back to school and legitimately try to get his high school diploma, but Batman would stop him. I thought it was going to be like the Ronnie Dangerfield movie, uh, Back to School, and the Joker was going <laughs> to join the diving team. <laughs> Wasn't the original plot of that run uh that uh movie that uh rodney, rodney dangerfield gimmicks a bunch of uh, yeah <laughs> diving boards on uh, <laughs> boards on camp yeah yeah that's exactly what it was instead of diving they spit out quarters and uh yes. negotiable stocks and bonds and it would and it made all the uh the divers drop out drop off with the diving team <laughs> all right so any closing comments here for the fans oh wait a minute we do have a real life oh, yeah, 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 letter yeah, yeah. to read. You have a letter. I want to hear it from the the winner of our contest, right, Lewis yeah, yeah. from the UK. He sent Lewis um, UK, the comedian. <laughs> Lewis UK, the comedian. <laughs> he sent a very nice um, package uh, with some stuff in it, and uh, and along with this letter uh, on top, I think it's just the official seal of England. Which has, um, and well, he, this is, I assume, is an official document. It's it, got a lion, kind of in this crest, and then Kate it's got Middleton, Kate Middleton read the letter before it was sent out. I was like, "Yep, it's good. It's good." Send she it stamped out. it. Yeah. So you got a lion, and you got a unicorn on the seal. Well, the unicorn is the is the uh, the official animal of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> um. The letter says, Dear Steve, I hope this letter finds you well. Please find contained within a box of Earl, Earl Grey tea. Uh, is there anything more British than a product grown and manufactured in China? I don't think so. 
Now you can bring a taste of the UK to Texas with your very own afternoon tea parties. Soon you'll be the talk of the town with friends and neighbors alike discussing your tea bagging exploits. I already do that. I've contained a detailed guide of how to prepare a perfect cup of tea. Um, So you place Earl Grey tea and bag into cup, boil some water, pour boiling water into cup, allow tea bag to infuse with water, remove tea bag, add a tablespoon of sugar and milk to suit taste, pretend to enjoy as you drink it, and discuss pleasantries with those around you. For example, the weather. Ooh. One cup or <laughs> mug. For example, Joey <laughs> One cup or mug as they are referred to here. Uh, I have it in good authority that the Union flag decorative design is based on the actual mug used by Her Royal Highness the Queen for her morning cuppa, which is a hot drink. A box of Cadbury Heroes chocolates and a London Olympics 2012 commemorative red bus tin. Cadbury is perhaps the most famous confectionery brand in the UK, recently bought out and taken over by American firm Kraft. Kraft has taken over the world. Let's be. They honest. really are. Yeah. <clears throat> Next thing I'll hear is that they're going to buy TNA wrestling. <laughs> they're going to buy Joy Fatone. Exactly. All of the chocolates contained within are actually miniatures of many of their most famous chocolate bars and candy bars. Is it? Yeah. A Peep Show DVD. Have you seen the show? By the way? No. Peep Show. Mm-hmm. Airing on Channel Four. This is a recent comedy show which received very high critical acclaim and a cult following. Viewing figures were never high, however. The show has enjoyed seven series or seasons. Why do they call them series in the UK? That's confusing. I don't know. I never really understood. And they're like typically like seven episodes per. Yeah. Uh, up to now, based solely on its popularity in DVD sales, this is series one. It's not necessarily the best series, but I guess it would make uh, little sense to introduce you halfway through. To me, series two and three are the best. Okay. So there you have it. What kind well, of uh, candy bars are in there? Or oh. chocolate bars? I haven't eaten any yet. <clears throat> I've had some uh, British chocolate bars from Cadbury, and they're pretty good. Okay, I'm going to open this up. We have some, it's just called fudge. <laughs> some twirl. It's, it's, it's a turd. Fudge is just a turd. It's... Um, some caramel. I thought I saw some Cadbury eggs in here. Some... Dairy milk. Those are actually pretty good. I've had that. Yeah, I've had that. Some eclair. It's probably something you have to... caramel. Oh, here we go. Here's an egg. Okay. They're like little tiny... I'm going to eat one right now. Let me finish reading the letter, then I'll eat one. Okay. You should eat a Cadbury... The the, uh, the, The the dairy bar. No, no, eat the dairy bar. So... (laughs) So there you have it. What could be more British than pouring yourself a cup of the finest Chinese tea in your Union Jack mug and kicking back with some American firm-produced chocolates whilst enjoying the first series of Peep Show? Your pal, Lewis. So thank you, Lewis. That was, it's a very nice attempt to send this. So what do you want me to eat? A dairy milk? Yeah, you want okay, this. I'm going to open it up. Can you hear it? Here it is. It's a little tiny uh, chocolate here. I'm going to smell it. It smells good. Okay. Okay. It's good. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm. Let's see. I'm looking for the nutritional information. Mmm. It's confusing. Doesn't it just say very on the back? (laughs) Nutritional value? This is very. So there you go. I'm assuming this is like what everyone does in London is get their... Their, uh, they record a podcast and <laughs> get their commemorative tin, open it up. So, yeah, good. I might have another. Oh my god. Let's see, you want me to try a twirl? Sure. So, this looks like a little log. <laughs> it is a log. Let's see, I'm gonna take a bite. Mmm, bit messy. I'm trying to figure out. It's more aerated. That's for sure. It's, uh... Chocolatey. It's good. Oh, I've had a twirl as well. Yeah. Where are you, where are you eating all these British candies? Have you ever been to World Market? No. Oh, okay. They sell a bunch of oh, British yeah. candies. Yeah. 
So any closing comments? Yeah, th- by the way, thank you, Lewis, for the... Are there any whispers in there? Hmm. I don't see any. Let's okay. at the bottom. They have this one candy bar and or chocolate bar. Might be fudge, I don't know. But uh, it's... No, it's not fudge, because I just looked at a picture of fudge. And it's just like a giant like hunk of chocolate, it looks like. But I don't remember what it's called. Giant hunk of chocolate. I wonder if it's called Chomp. Let me see. No, it's not Chomp either. I don't remember what it was called, but it's just like a hunk of chocolate, it seems like. <clears throat> so there you go. Yeah, there you go. So yes, yeah, send us emails at stevenandy at gmail.com. Uh, check out our Facebook page. <clears throat> Leave us reviews on iTunes. Um, tell your friends. Because it's fun. It's fun to share moments with Steve and Andy with your best friends. And even your your least best friends. So, uh, alright, good episode. Stay tuned for, in a few weeks probably, a special episode. And yeah. then uh, the stunning conclusion. And it is, it is stunning. <laughs> to the it, Joker it, goes it, to it, school. It, it, it's a true bubble and sweep. <laughs> alright, right, Andy, I will talk to you later. All right, I'll talk to you later. Keep it real in Mankato. (laughs) Okay, you and all. See ya.